just decided to enter the minds of two dudes who love the outdoors and live an active lifestyle. Join us as we share anything from hiking and hunting to strength training and general fitness and all the in-between. Laugh, learn, help. Live a little through us. Welcome to the Active Man Podcast. recording yep we are live we are live as gabby finishes up his delicious cinnamon toast crunch we shall begin only having it because i'm in a caloric deficit (laughs) we had a prior discussion indeed indeed he's just trying to balance it out you know trying to balance it out right so i guess the best place to start is, were there any actual worthwhile questions, comments? Funny you ask. Um, no, but the, it's funny because the last few times that I've put something up, I have gotten these random, and I'm sure it's probably uh, some sort of paid I assume it's some sort of paid thing to get more followers that people do where it'll automatically fill into somebody's questions. So you go to their profile, follow them or whatever. I don't, I don't even know if the, I mean, it says it's a legit profile. John Mace 54th. Uh, let me see if I go to his page, it says he's got 17.8 K followers. That's yeah. It's a handful. Uh, yeah, but if you like, if you like, look into their like, if you could look at their feed and like what they comment on, it could be like the, it could be like a video, and they'll comment like, "Love the post, nice photo." <laughs> like it's just like it's like they get some um, bot or somebody who just like, yeah, I bet it's bot bot stuff. Well, his yeah. and and most of the ones that I've gotten like this have been very weird. Uh, it says I, I reposted it earlier I don't know if you saw it. it says yo if you like hip-hop I really think you should check out my new song you gotta just reply okay. to me. <laughs> uh what is your new song did you listen fella? to it fella did you listen to it? I don't know. Let's let's see if I can pull it up. Maybe everybody can listen to it. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of of the hip hop. Uh, so I'm on his thing, and it does not have. How do I know where his new song is? He didn't even he didn't even drop a link. No. That's lame as hell. Come on, people. Let's see Spotify. See more. Uh, dude, come on. Like if if you want me to look at your music, tell your bot. Okay, here here we go. Tell your bot to send a link, man. All right. Uh, he's, he's got he's got four top songs. 
I'll let you pick between Made It and the uh, album's name is Started With The Tape. The next one is called Get A Million featuring Jimmy Wap. Album title, Different One. The next song is Still, as in Not Moving. Uh, off of his single album, Still. And then the last one is Laughing To The Bank off of the album, Different One. So which one would you like to hear for everybody? The one with the most listens. Uh, it doesn't tell me, but the, the one on the top of the list okay. is, is yeah. Made It. Should we yeah. go with that? You made it. All right, let's go for it. Here we go. Johnny Mace. If there's any curse words, we're turning it off. Yep. Giving them free publicity here. Whoop. Whoop. Good beat. Don't lead it off with a swear word. Yeah, dude. Come on. Should we try another one quick? I mean, what a... Because no way. Because, you know, you might be like an 11-year-old kid starting to listen to it. Yeah, dude. Like, how much of those listeners for those internet rappers? Like, All right. You're getting two strikes for that. Let's see what Get a Million sounds like. Can you hear that all right? Yeah. yeah. Little dra- little drama building. I was in my bed. You were in your feelings. When I was down bad. And you ain't even feeling. I'ma get this cash. It's back into the ceiling. And I'll be in the trap. Until I get a million. See, I was in my bed. You were in your I like the beat on that one as well. Progressively more and more auto-tuned to the to the point where it almost sounds like a voicemail. Yeah, you know what's funny is there. There's a lot of guys that do the auto-tune thing now, and I feel like and and I only know this because my voice sucks and I have to tweak the auto-tune when I'm doing like recording as well. Yeah, uh, but it literally makes it easy for anybody to just slap something together. You still got in it, you know. You still oh, got yeah. stuff and put the music and stuff. But all right, let's see. Let's see if this is auto tuned as well. This is from 2018. Okay. It's called "Still," as in not moving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like some CT crunch milk. Still get lit, get the clutch sparked in a drop top, and it's push start when I ride by. You bitch look hard. I still got homies that cook hard. So we know why he's using auto tune. Yeah. Let's, let's try well, that. I will say this: you can have, you can use auto tune and have a good voice. T Pain actually has a really good voice. I will like, agree. Who has a trash ass voice is Bob Dylan, one of the best musicians of all time. But he makes it work, you know. Well, right. <laughs> That's like Bob Dylan. Literally, if you heard him singing anywhere. You, yeah, he's but, like but it works for his stuff. <laughs> Here's the last one. Here we go. Laughing to the bank. I would listen to that. I would work out to that. Like if that was on, I would lift to that. That's not terrible. It almost John, reminds me of a little Mac Miller. It's very Mac Miller-ish. Um, interesting. 
He probably ripped some of his tunes. But. Oh, I'm sure he did. You know what, Johnny Mace? I'm going to put that in my playlist. Actually, we, here's the, uh, this must be the new one that he wanted me to listen to. It's at the top. I didn't even see it until now. Trust the process. Here we go. <laughs> You're on a short lease, Johnny Mace. Johnny, Johnny, now, Johnny Mace, Mace, Mace. Like, whoever his... Uh, did you say I'm still cooking? You can't touch the, touch the sausage. He, I think he did. Kind of fun. It's not terrible. I would. Uh, Worthy, okay. You know what? I'll give him this. It's worthy of a of a. Um, it's good enough for him to say, "Hey, come check out my music." Yeah, I agree. It's not bad. I mean, pleasantly surprised, I should say. I I personally, I mean, we're way off track our normal stuff, but whatever. We're gonna roll with it. I. It's been an active thing to do. It's, it is. It is. Well, I mean, it's what you listen to while you're working out or running and stuff, right? So we're ta- we're talking about workout tracks. I prefer like mid to late '90s hip hop rap. Like oh, we're what we like to work out to. Not that I dislike the new stuff. I prefer the older stuff because I feel like. I don't know. I just like, I really like Dre's beats. I, I love how he yeah. would put stuff together. Um, I just like the sound of his work right. and you could throw pretty much any of the guys back then on top of it. And I would listen to it. I just like, right. like the way, and this is weird, but I don't really listen to the lyrics ever. Very rarely. I mean, ever it's really about like the energy that you feel. Yes. The like beat, the beat little... is what does it for me. I, yeah. The other yeah, stuff, it's... like, I kind of drift off mentally, anyways. It just puts my mind in a in a zone, right? Focused so, on something else, dude. For me, it's a it's it's a lot of similar stuff, except the outlier is my number one, and that's Meek Mill, number one. Yeah, he just you know. I don't me, know if I I don't know if I listen to any of his stuff to be honest. Uh, you probably listen to some of his stuff that is featured with Drake or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure but I probably I don't know if I have him in any me, of my playlists. It's like really say. good. It, you know, it fires me up. But what else fires me up, and I probably listen to that genre more, is like the '90s hip hop, but it's also like the '80s rock. Yeah, '80s. I rock. I lied to you. I do have two of his. Let's see, number one. Oh man, I listened to this one actually. This one actually pops up quite a bit because it's on my run playlist up towards the top. It's actually with JT, Justin Timberlake. It's called Believe. Uh, eh, I haven't, I, I think it's, I'm probably familiar with the album that it's off of. Not bad. I mean, again, I'm, I don't have a, a ton of newer stuff. I actually asked the younger kids that I trained to kind of fill me in with the newer, the newer rap. Then we, Chris, how old are they? <laughs> Ah, high school, college. There's some high schoolers that listen. I mean, there's, there's some. Some of it's bad. Some trash music, but yeah. Rico you, featuring Drake, Meek Mill. Yes, is yeah, that a good yeah, song? Yeah. Yes. That's yes, that's something the, like that. 
that's on my run playlist somewhere, but I don't remember it. But yeah, usually when we go down south for baseball, um, you know, I'll let the kids kind of play. They get a chance to play some of the stuff that they want. And if it's God awful, I will tell them that they've lost their, you know, privilege. And then we, we give them a lesson on nineties rap and hip hop and, and, uh, you know, they need to know a lot of the stuff they probably haven't even heard before. Most kids don't even know, you know? Yeah, man. We were jamming to a lot of Mark Morrison, a lot of return, return uh, of the Mac, NWA, (laughs) um, NWA. I mean, it's not appropriate, but, uh, you know, I mean, they make good music. I mean, there's a, you know, they make good music for them too. Like, I feel like Easy E is fire to listen to. They, when they hear that too, I mean, they understand that it's evolved to what it is now by a lot of those guys that started, you know, right. and collectively they've pulled. I mean, you know, there's people that have their own style, but I mean, like younger guys have modeled their stuff off of a lot of the the OGs, you know. Yeah, which are, and now it's like, like you said, like you can manufacture. You can make an artist. I'm sure that you don't. You could get a computer engineer. Like you could just get somebody who's good with audio to yeah. become an artist and never sing a word. They could just tune stuff to get like a uh, like Grizz. That's Grizz. what I need. I need I need somebody to doctor up my stuff because I'm not good at doctoring it. That's what my buddy did for that best man speech that I did. He with his. He's that was good. Very very good at uh music um what would you call it not editing i mean i mean musical um engineering maybe yeah yeah like he he was able to at least make my portion of what i sang okay and then his his part he hardly had to do anything to it because he's actually very good right but yeah my my skills in in uh musical engineering are not on the same level as my video editing work yet but no but your photographs are getting nice (laughs) thank you appreciate it appreciate it you have a lot of practice on your kids and your cat indeed indeed Um, speaking of i almost pulled the trigger we talked about about me going out west uh for like a long weekend i almost pulled my trigger on a flight the other day um out to bozeman montana i was going to hit yellowstone from thursday and then come back sunday but my kids uh first two weeks of daycare now they only go half a day but we're paying for like full time when when was that when were you planning on flying out uh august august i mean it was going to be soon uh, August 13th and then come back the 16th. That's literally when we left. Like that was, oh no, that was when we got back last year. Really? Yeah, we left like, or no. You want to go? Is that what you're saying? You want to go with me? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I want to go, but if you go, like I, I'm going to want to go for more than that. Yeah, I, I can't swing more than that, unfortunately. That's why I was going to do it solo. I actually, my brother-in-law was, was, uh, all about going, but he's doing a, uh, you got the itch right now, don't you? Oh, dude. He, he is doing a Idaho, uh, mule deer hunt later on. So his travel schedule was going to be a little busy. So he, uh, 
he decided probably wouldn't be best, you know, for this year. But one of his buddies uh, drew a elk tag out there um, in Idaho. So he's going to go out the same time and uh, got a tag for mule deer. I don't know if he got one over the counter for anything else. Yeah, but cool. yeah, man, he, I think it's, I think they're going for a week. It might be more than that, but they're going to have a freaking blast. I'm jealous. Dude, the animal we saw the most in Idaho was um, like driving back from Montana to go back to Spokane because we actually had to return our uh, rental vehicle. Like, uh-huh. And we went a different route. Like we went a, uh, a further north route and it was like really pretty close to the Canadian border. Um, and then you kind of like work your way back down. I forget what the, what the roads were, but, um, we ended up going through uh, one of the national forests, huge, just huge, yeah. but the, uh, state road that we ended up kind of meeting up with into Eastern Washington, um, uh, just ran along this big ass river that fit and ended up going down into the I believe the Columbia or the into the snake and then into the Columbia. Okay. Uh, there were just like these giant bighorn sheep that were just like really all along like the the face of the rock walls like you're riding on, on the road and then there's like a beautiful scenic river like in the mountains and like you're looking on the sides uh-huh. and it's just like Big ass sheep, dude. It's really, <laughs> it's really, really cool. Um, yeah. If if I can pull it off, I mean, it'll depend on how we do here, and and if I get more clients to come back. But if I can pull it off, I mean, there were flights for, I think it was like two eighty two is what I found to be the cheapest for that for a one stop. Right. Um, but my plan was was to fly out. It'd be early Thursday morning. I would get there by noon. I'd have half a day Thursday, rent a truck, tent, or sleep in truck. Sleep in the truck. Um, those three days, so I'm not spending money on uh, you know hotels or anything like that. And I literally was going to take a satchel full of protein, <laughs> coffee, and then just get like other you know. Uh, either a box of like uh, mountain ops protein bars and just kind of use them as not meal replacements, but it would be like snacks all day and literally just buy water (laughs) and and live incredibly simple and just photograph and video as much as I could. The only thing that sucks is drone wise. I wouldn't be able to fly. You can't fly in uh, national parks. So I'd have to get outside that and, and get footage, but you can still do it on BLM land. Right. Yeah. So Uh, that's the plan. I mean, Bureau of land management. Indeed. Yeah. Just as long as I'm outside the park. I know I I don't remember. I don't know if there's a certain mileage that you have to stay outside of the park itself too. Like as far as flying, I would assume there is definitely like a window. Right. uh, I'd have to go back and look uh, through my stuff, but yeah, man. Yeah, flying to Bozeman. What's that? I was pretty pumped about trying to swing it. The, the other spot that I was looking at now, since I'm going by myself and I was talking to Mike about this, 
I was trying to maybe find a smaller area uh, that I could hit fairly quick. You know, realistically, with two and a half days is what I would have. Um, like like, uh, like Moab. No, I was still thinking out west, like Moab, um, and go over to where those, uh, like the red rocks and stuff are there in that deserty area. Yes, yes, yeah. There's that, and there's one other right, one that's right, fairly yeah. close. Yes, yep. Yeah. And I... Somebody, I, I saw somebody put up some night, some like astrophotography pictures. Oh, no, I was, and, and immediately I'm like, all right, dude, time lapse. I'm on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. we'll see. If I don't do that, another option I was thinking about is um, I really like like lighthouses. I think those would be awesome to, to get pics of and video like up the coast in Maine. Maine. And I could totally pull off just to drive up, you know, and hit a bunch of those, get as many as I could, you know, one shot sleep and then come back and hit some on the way back too. But yeah, it's funny. You mentioned Maine and Utah, Megan, my girlfriend has been, I mean, she's been talking to me about Utah for a long time. And my, one of my boys that I ride in the winter with has been talking to me about going out to Alta mountain, which is in Utah or like mm-hmm. snowbird or something like that. So I've heard, yeah, I've had the Utah itch a little bit, but she all Megan also went to Prince Edward Island Mm. uh, in Nova Scotia, and so they went through Maine and said just had like a blast of a time with her parents. She went with her her mom and her dad, and they took one of their dogs. Nice. um, Rented a like the drive across America RV. (laughs) Really. That's awesome. Drove that up from Virginia and um, went to this port in Maine. And then you you basically get on a a big ferry and they take you over to Nova Scotia. Uh, Or no, you drive to, I'm sorry, you drive to Nova Scotia. And then from Nova Scotia, you you ferry over to Prince Edward Island, uh, which is off the mainland. Um, and suppose like that type of scenery, that's exactly what it is. Um, you wouldn't have to go that far North. I mean, you could probably even get away with it in Connecticut or, mm-hmm. or, um, places in like, uh, like on the Cape. Like yeah. The- yeah. Most of the, I was going to say most of the spots that I looked at, I was trying to tag a bunch right in a, sh- you know, smaller area, get all up swing hit the cape and then kind of work my way back down plus i you know i missed a couple opportunities to go up there when i was younger when i had friends playing there and i've always wanted to you know see some of the fields like in chatham and some of those other places where they're playing yep you get some picks and stuff there um i don't know if they're actually playing now um they're definitely not not yet but that would have been neat to get you know get some footage of some games and stuff there too but that that one that one would definitely be a little less crazy trying to pull together. I don't know cost wise with gas and everything, how much that would run me. And if there would be places to sleep, you know, like parks to find where I could sleep in the truck. State parks. You do it. That's what I have to do is kind of map out some of those spots. So that's my, that's my backup plan. And that, that I would not take, I'd probably just go Friday, leave, you know, Thursday night into Friday drive uh or at least try to 
timeout where I could hit sunrise at like the first spot. Right. Um, and then hit all Friday, get a bunch Saturday morning and then start coming back uh, Saturday. So I'd be home Sunday. What else is a really nice, easy, scenic, um, basically just like dr- literally a drive where you can pop off and take a beautiful picture is Skyline Drive in Northern Virginia. Indeed. Um, is that right off of 81? Right off of 81, Shenandoah National Park. I'm sure you've passed it on the way down to South. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's like really nice. It's open again. Um, it's three hours away from you. Um, so that's an option, but not light, lighthouse coasty. It's more mountain. Yeah. You know. I need to do that though too, just because, but my thought was go somewhere different that you haven't been, but I definitely want to hit up some of those places. See that we could, we could maybe meet like halfway and, uh, that's, that's maybe get some video and some pics and stuff. That's in your hiking territory. That is my hiking territory. Your hiking territory. My hiking territory. I didn't even talk about the hike last time. Uh, well, let's get on that. Tell us about, yeah, yeah fill us in on the trip and the hike and stuff. It was good, man. That was like three weeks ago. That was like the last time I was like really able to to get out outside and, and like put some uh, put some miles in. But um, we uh, we did uh, nine, I think it was like nine miles on the Tuscarora Trail. Okay. Uh, and the Tuscarora Trail is a... Oh, it's like 280 miles or something like that. It's from um, Virginia to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was made as, I, it might creep into West Virginia, I'm not sure. Um, Where does it come into Pennsylvania? It comes in further, it's like, it comes in like 70 miles west of where the Appalachian Trail does. Okay. And so the... Um, is it like Allegheny, like out the like Pitt, Pittsburgh, Maryland, it would, or it would be like Maryland? it'd be like the center counties up okay. to um, I believe Juniata County or something like that. Juanita, Juanita County, Juanita, yeah. yeah. Um, I f- yeah, I forget where it starts in Virginia, but. It, it was made as a backup, literally a backup plan to the Appalachian Trail in case the Appalachian, the surrounding area around the Appalachian Trail in the Virginia, Maryland, um, northern uh, panhandle of West Virginia and southern area of Pennsylvania, in case that place, those places got too developed. Okay. They wanted a route that was more secluded. All right. Uh, and so that's what it is. And shout out to the uh, shout out to REI and I believe the Potomac River Conservancy or something like that, because that's kind of like the general headwaters of the Potomac. Okay. Uh, they remark and maintain the trail. It's it's secluded. Um, it's like literally the the. It goes along the spine of the mountains that separate uh, 
West Virginia from Virginia. So it's like the, the Ridge and Valley and the Blue Ridge. And a um, lot of snakes, saw rattlesnake. I uh, was just going to say, yeah. I mean, I know you showed me the picture or you had posted a picture and obviously I commented on it because I hate snakes. But yeah. right now, if you're out right now in like the summer months when it's a little bit warmer, how much more are the snakes being assholes uh, to hikers? I know you, you're going to say that they're not assholes, but I mean, it's dependent. I how much, mean, how much more do you come across them at these months? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> so, so for some species, like, like they, like for copperheads, they actually may be a little bit less active because we're actually out of their breeding season, at least okay. temporarily. We're out of their spring breeding season and they actually have a fall breeding season as well. Um, so I guess it depends, but like you get like the black, black rat snakes, like they're hyped up, like charged up just like all over the trails right now. And, and so mm. are the rattlesnakes, if, if you're, you know, on, along the ridge tops in Pennsylvania and uh, Virginia, uh, or if you're in Virginia, south, like extreme southeastern Virginia is like the, uh, the swamps and you'll get them kind of sparsely in there but um but yeah it's it's active snake year active snake time of the year i should say that's unfortunate uh, yeah i think what's more unfortunate is just the active ticks yeah how I mean, did, did you uh did you have quite a few ticks on you yeah we took two of our dogs with us and just i mean they've, they've got protective on the the issue becomes is they jump in the car with you after you get to the trailhead and then they come the ticks go on you yeah. Did you pull any off yourself? A couple off my leg hair, like off my legs. I feel it so easily. It's really? a benefit of being a guy. And, you know. There's been times when I've felt them on me, but there's been times where I didn't even know that they were on my skin. Like, they're, it's been a little bit of both. Right. It's like, if they're on my back, because thank God my back isn't hairy, um, I won't feel them. But if they're like on my chest or like around my face or something like that, I just, I feel them really well. I'm I'm lucky. I'm lucky like that because they can go undetected super fucking easy. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say my, the only place I've pulled one out of me is like my leg pit, you know? Yeah. Right behind the the crook of your knee, if you will. Crook of my knee. Exactly. (laughs) There was, there was one day I was at the archery club and on that property, the one side is like tick infested, not tick infested, but you, you can guarantee you're going to walk out with a couple on you. If you're on the other side of the property, there's like nothing. And this one time I was shooting and they have a couple, the main area, there's, there's targets and yardages set up and they have a couple older 3d targets mixed in there that they took off the 3d course and i'm shooting at this one it's like a deer that's bedded down it's uphill so it's a good practice shot you know it's angled a little bit i go up to pull my arrow i'm wearing shorts um pull the arrow get back down walk the 80 yards back to where my my bow was on the rack (coughs) by the time i got back now, I had none on me before I went into that spot to pull my arrow. By the time I got back, the sucker was already trying to embed itself into my leg, like right next to my shin. <laughs> Damn it. I'm so sorry. 
Sorry about the tick or uh, me no, seeing your your face. You. <laughs> weak, weak allergens. Uh, you should just you, you if you would have just let it go the first time. I think you'd have been all right. You're fighting it. You're fight. Don't fight it. Don't <laughs> fight it. Don't fight. Ooh. Not to fight it. That's all over your screen. Is it really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like if I just covered the screen. <laughs> Nobody would be able to see it. We definitely have to, to share oh. that clip if that happened. But. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Well, earlier when I was drinking the milk and you were playing the music, I fucking I almost <laughs> inhaled the milk and sprayed the front of my laptop. <laughs> I've done I've done that before. It's bad, and nearly made myself cry because I thought I ruined my my computer that I was right. using for editing. And but, for as long as we had laptops, they were they were like horribly non water resistant. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but the, it, the the ticks, man. It, like it was literally two minutes from when I pulled the arrow that it was already like. Now it wasn't halfway in, but I mean it had pierced my skin. Cause I tried to pull it off and it was stuck pretty good. And I, I do have a, a set of tweezers and one of those tick uh, remover tick tools remover. in my truck. Yeah. I just, since it wasn't in, I just grabbed the tweezers and, and yanked them out. But right. man, like it's ridiculous how quickly they will go in, you know, if, if, if they get on you in the right spot, like it. And that's a big thing too, is like, don't be freaked out if you just went, if you were in a situation like that where you walk through the bushes and you get a tick on you, but you didn't notice. And then you get home that night and you find it literally embedded in you. Don't freak out because it needs to be on you for like 24 to 36 hours. Yeah. That's what the, the doctor told me. And like, that's obviously it happens. Mm-hmm. obviously it happens but and like longtime woodsmen especially like people our parents age like they were the ones because there wasn't there probably wasn't as much education on it now granted there was a lot less Lyme disease yeah tick-borne illnesses probably back when they were a little bit younger uh, at least maybe maybe when they were a third in their 30s when it, that's when it probably got bad like the 70s and 80s I believe I think that's when they started to get mad in the east um yeah i mean it's it's one of those things that you kind of have to deal with but mm-hmm. it is so it is so nice to go out to montana or to colorado or to washington and while there are ticks there the the concentration of them in the east is really like nothing it's it's great. Maybe Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin has it really bad because or Wisconsin, Michigan, um, Minnesota. Uh, I believe that's, that's like some of some really bad epicenters of, of Lyme disease or like CWD. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, it's one of those things, man. It's just like, you forget how bad it is where you are and where you live until you go somewhere else and you like, go through the brush and you go hiking and you're like, Oh, like if you're from the East, like you're always checking yourself. And you're outside. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Oh shit, I don't have anything. on this. <laughs> <is great." laughs> I'm like hyper, uh, 
hyper, like not hyper nervous, but I overly worry about that. And I'm constantly like looking down because I'm always thinking that I have them on my feet or on my shoes, socks, you know, and already crawling up my legs. If I just walk through like blades of grass, like I get too over concerned about it. But I think I've only had two that have been embedded, like fully embedded where I didn't know they were on me, found them the next day and uh, got them out. And then the doctor gave me like the one dose of doxy uh, cycling that you take, which isn't like a full guarantee that you won't get it, but I didn't have bullseyes for either. Thank God. So, but ticks, ticks suck, man. And I think we had an episode about it. (laughs) We did. We did. I think the whole episode was all, all, we spit, we spit a lot of information on that one too. I believe if you go back and check. Yeah, it, That was in the first did. five. Oh, somewhere. Like talking about the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> let's move, let's move on. Shall we? No, anyway. No. Yeah, we'll move on. So <laughs> back to we, your uh, bike. Yeah. So it was great, man. It was, it was all along the ridge top. That's like kind of the cool thing about that trail. And we ended up looking it up on, on uh, all trails and, I looked it up on Wikipedia. My buddy looked it up on all trails and gave me the information, but um, it's categorized as, as a difficult hike. I think only because of um, the rocky terrain and like it's not was the trail, a lot of rock. Yeah, it was it, oh, the trail, the literal trail was a okay. lot of rock and like it would switch back on rocks. And so like, I could see how it was considered difficult, but it was, it was really nice. Um, it, it was also good weather. and We started early in the morning because mm-hmm. it got hot. Um, one thing that you could get yourself in trouble in on the, on a hike like that is if you aren't paying attention to the weather and you catch yourself out on like an open Ridge where there was a time, like we hiked for like a literal, like mile and a half, two miles on a Ridge top that was just open. And there was, uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't even remember very sparse tree growth. You're really exposed to like a, a severe thunderstorm. You can get yourself in trouble. Yeah, that, would, that wouldn't be good. Right. And, and, you know, we were actually at that point and I, I looked off into the distance to the West, um, into West Virginia. And there was some like, you know, when you're at the beach and you get that sight over the horizon where you get oh, some yeah. clouds and you're like, Shit, <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, looking at my watch, like looking at my watch, see how far we've gone. And I'm like, all right, we're going to get through this. But like that, if we started like an hour earlier, You'd have been toast. <laughs> we could have been toast. I don't know if it if it really ended up coming over us, but it kind of it was just one of those things. Like, and after looking it up, is like the biggest the biggest threat that you'll get on the uh, on the Tuscarora is severe weather. Uh huh. Yeah, that would definitely make me nervous. Right. That would definitely make me nervous. The other thing is is the shelters that they provide. You know, on the AT, you get a shelter in, at least in most areas, like you get a shelter within like 10, I think 15 miles, maybe 20. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be long, I believe, if it's like 30 miles between okay. on the AT. Um, again, because it kind of like backs up to a little more populated areas on the Tuscarora, it's like one every like 45. So less, less chance of safety. 
Yeah. Not safety, but I mean, less chance of getting to one if you get stuck. Yeah. You've got, you, yeah. Like you really got to figure it out. Like you've, you've got to make sure that, you know, you've got kind of a contingency plan if you don't get to your, to a shelter. Yeah. So you got your tent and stuff, but you're going to be on a ridgetop for a long time. You're not going to be on it for 40 miles, but mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things where if you're tired towards the end of the day, it's like, oh, I'll pound out this last five miles. It's like, well, if the last five miles are rocky ridgetop, it's like, you ain't pounding that out. It's going to be bad. And if you're like, an, like, if you're like a day hiker who wants to do like a couple day hike, you got to think about that stuff because yeah, that's when you start getting, you know, the real hiking Viking probably wouldn't have a problem with you. You're like, oh, well, we'll, you know, we'll stop here and sleep or whatever. Yeah. He would just roll. <laughs> he probably he would. No, right. he probably would. He probably would not set up camp. He would just pull his hat down a little lower and put his hood up and hammer through. Right. Right. But um, to the, uh, to the nine to five worker who then goes out on the weekend and hikes, get your shit together and figure the out. The weekend warrior hiker. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, it was, um, it was cool because Megan's parents' house is literally like a mile from the trail. Oh, really? That's nice. It's like really, really close. Um, another cool thing about the trail for the dogs was that there was, there were a number of spring seeps that just kind of were flowing at the time because there was a lot of rain the week prior the groundwater table was was pretty elevated and uh so they got some fresh water yeah man it was cool it was it was really cool you get it's cool to hike in a place that you've always been familiar with but like haven't done that exact one and you're and you see like somewhere else that you've been a lot you see it from a different perspective Mm -hmm. and you're like wow this is this is great i can't believe i didn't do this earlier (laughs) Yeah, that's so, awesome. It was good, man. It was it was really good. Um, Any other wildlife that you came across? Uh, some uh, I, I remember. I remember you put pictures and stuff up, but I can't remember what they were. Yeah, so black rat snake, timber rattlesnake, uh, thunder chickens in the trees. Were they so they were roosted? Was it in the morning or roosted. night? It was, that's how early in the morning it was. Okay, all right. So it was like seven something. Did they? Did you guys spook them, or did they? Uh, did they stay up? They didn't up hear in? us. They were really? like communicating with each other. Okay, we were super quiet on the trail. Like we were just because it was at that time of the hike. We anticipated it being because it was on a ridge top. We anticipated it being relatively flat, but the trail itself kind of like <laughs> went alongside the ridge top and then went up and went down. So it was pretty deceiving in terms of like just elevation change and just how you were, were uh, hiking. But yeah, very period of time we were on the top of the ridge top and you could, we could look down a uh, big power line that was working down the mountain. And we heard, we heard them in the trees about half, eh, probably quarter way down. Okay. And were they goblin? Yeah, they were goblin. And uh, they've, my girlfriend's parents have, have been getting them around the house a lot. Really? A uh, couple jakes. I haven't seen any like big gobblers, but um, a lot of hens. Um, 
I think the only two gobblers, or there was a, I think there were like four of them rolling together one day. Um, Cause they'll come through and like eat the bird seed and stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, they scratch up their ground pretty good, like by their house. Yeah. Yeah, they have. It's there. It's, it's cool. You can kind of look out the kitchen, look down the mountain and um, you can see where some of the bird feeders are and stuff like that. And, the bears and the turkeys will always come and feed. So you can kind of get an idea of when they're coming out and foraging. Yeah. And, um, so I kind of anticipated they're maybe running into one or two or, or maybe a black bear, but we didn't see anything. We no didn't bears. see them, but um, we, we did hear them. So that was cool. And I don't know how many there were because it's, it seems like sometimes two can make it seem like there are like 12. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a good gauge for that. But it was cool, man. There wasn't wasn't other wildlife per se. Nothing else. Um, oh, cool box turtle. Um, you get any? Uh, they're not salamanders, but those those uh, little orange fellas. Did you have pictures of those? Oh, Sal- yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. There was a um, what are they called? Orange spotted newt. Yes, the newts. Red, the red F. Yeah. The uh, little juvenile stage when they come out on the land and forage for a couple of years and then they go back into the water. Freaking juveniles. Freaking juvies. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of those little orange with the black spot fellas over at the archery club, you know, in some yeah. of the mossy areas where it's a little, it's a little. Dude, they're super tolerant, super tolerant um, salamander. They are considered a salamander. Um, yeah. They seem, they seem pretty tolerant. I tried to have a conversation with one and he seemed to you know, at least give me the time to explain myself and tell him what yeah. I was doing, but yeah. there was no, there was no running away. You know, we, I'd say we met eye to eye, but I didn't get down on all fours. You know, I just kind of stood over top of him and talked to him collectively, you know, that's I was talking more about like water quality, but sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I digress. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> yeah, that is that is true. We did see one. Um, um, yeah, but nothing else, man. But that it's just so cool when you when you're able to see like local stuff that you've always been around but have never actually done. Yeah, I'm gonna do some more. So, indeed. indeed. Yeah. Um, one other thing I did want to talk to you about. Send uh, it. I don't know if you saw what I messaged you. Well, I just, uh, or no, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Did you, did you answer the question? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I, I did answer one a couple hours ago, actually. Well, go, go ahead. My brother-in-law, so, my brother-in-law sent one too. He said, when are we going to put trail cams out? Mike, we should have done it already. Uh, soon. Soon, Michelle. Actually, I do have mine out, and the batteries are. I feel like you're like two months late on that. Yeah, usually I have it in the spring during baseball. Uh, I have them up, but they're probably all dead. Right. Uh, Need to do that ASAP. But go ahead, go ahead with your with your question. Um. So I didn't have a question. I just wanted to make a statement about the times of the Rona and the gyms opening back up as we move into new phases. Yes. Um, Bottom line is I know everybody wants to get back at it, 
But like, if you don't feel good, don't ruin it for everybody else. Yeah. Like, don't go. Just don't go. And honestly, I know how bad it sucks, but we should probably all be wearing masks at the gym. Yeah. I know there there is probably the majority there is the majority of our members are wearing them unless they're doing cardio right it's encouraged uh but not mandatory cardio might be the most important thing to do it with yeah it's a it's tough because it's almost like more dangerous to wear it while you're doing that um than not to but it's not a really restricting airflow into your mouth it's not really high traffic area through there you know, where you'd be walking in through that area. Cause you can cut through that. Well, at our gym, you can cut through the back where the rower is and avoid walking in front of them. Um, and yeah. some of the stuff, well, I'll tell you like what we did um, is you can't just get on any treadmill. It's, it's every two um, that are blocked off. So there is some distance between all of the treadmills that are usable. And it's not like, I mean, we don't have so many people coming in right now where it's an issue that, you know, people can't get on equipment. So like it's every third treadmill you can get on and use every third elliptical you can get on and use. Um, so there's a good bit of distance between you and the other people. You're not right right next to each other. Like it was before. Right, Right. Right. Um, And then back in the weight room, Bob had taped off the floor into boxes where, you know, it's like, it's not the perfect thing, but again, it it hasn't been so busy that it's an issue anyways, but only one person in each box and, you know, signs all over the place, trying to be mindful of everybody keeping distance from each other. Big thing is keeping doors and windows open. Yeah. The other thing too, that I, I think... I'm hoping that we actually keep this because I think it's going to work well as before, you know, how we had the bottles and towels and everything. Yeah. Um, Now there's no bottles and towels out. When you come in, you get your own bottle, you get your own one towel and you spray everything. You spray what you use before you get on it. And then after too, Um, when you're done, that's good. Towel goes in laundry basket. We have a washer and dryer there now too. So that helps. So they're washing the, the towels when the, the basket yeah, gets full and then disinfecting the bottles when they bring them back to the desk too. So I like that system because before I wasn't a huge fan of, you know, the same bottle, same towel at every piece of equipment, you know, some of those towels by the end of the night were a little, uh, a little soggy. I mean, they had right. some use to them. So you were, you know, dealing with whatever bacteria or whatever people had on their hands and stuff on those towels, even though the disinfectant stuff, you know, does a good job, but just seems like a better a better way to do it the way that we're doing it now. So that's definitely one of the good things that's come out of this is I think it's yeah. going to be a little bit better with not spreading stuff uh, around as much. Yeah. As yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't really think, I, I, I certainly don't think that gyms are necessarily the biggest mode of transmission like bars or restaurants might be. Mm-hmm or public transit systems but yeah it's it's tough because everybody wants to get back and work out like lift weight like real weight and um yeah i mean 
tough, but I just want, like, I just, it's, I think it's really important that like to, ha- to have it work for an extended period of time, you know, before we get the vaccine, which I did hear there's cautious optimism about it actually being before 2021. Oh, that's good. More likely early 2021, but nice. Um, I mean, we got to figure something out because we can't do this until the vaccine comes out. People got to figure no. You gotta go back and be able to lift and work. <clears throat> so, if you don't feel good, don't go. Go to the gym. Don't go. I mean yeah. that. You know that's one of those things too, where even before coronavirus, like it, yeah, but, people would come in sick, like head cold. Okay, but you know, you have a fever. Dude, that would piss me off. I'd be sitting in the sauna, and then somebody comes in. It's like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, just try to sweat this fever out, man. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) no, doesn't work that way, Chachi. (laughs) No, I know that would make me so mad because then you know, work. I'm working there too, you know, and I'm in that all day. I don't want people coming in and and you know, head cold, fine, you know. Make sure you're washing your hands. I'm washing mine all the time. But if you come in with a fever and some other crap that you got going on, like it was almost always guaranteed that somebody staff wise was getting sick. You know, it, it happened every time. And then it would usually pass, you know, between all of us because, right. you know, we're all using the same stuff. And then behind the desk, we're in a small area, you know. Right. Or you walk through a, like the little hallway connector thing that takes you back to the weights like that's a yeah. corridor where you sneeze you cough you know, death trap death trap that <laughs> yeah along the same lines too i i just thought of this like for people that are getting back in that may not have been doing stuff before or if you were just doing the body weight or going for walks um to me it you know it, it would seem obvious that you you don't want to just jump right back into the same weight that you're doing before. Uh, But if, if you were going to try doing that, like a good rule of thumb is to, you know, drop that by 20 to 30%. um, And then, you know, do that for your first set work set. And uh, if you feel okay, then bump it up a little bit. If not, it's always better to stay on the lighter side the first time or two, you know, first week or two coming back and work your way back up. It doesn't take long to get back up, but don't come in and just blow yourself out of the water um, and end up setting yourself back even further. Uh, Right. It's always good. I've um, I've been lifting in the gym now for like a week and a half. And, um, well, Quasi like never left, you know that story, but yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, familiar. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pull some strings again. There's, I didn't have it as bad as most people for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, me neither. Definitely feels good to like have a place to go back to bang weights. Like, there's no. Like, especially for dudes, you lift to, to get a pump and to, like, get jacked. Like, that's what you do. And it's <laughs> extremely hard to do it. Like, you can. People can get – like, it's not like people weren't jacked before when there weren't gyms. 
you know, like you can do it, but it is a lot easier to do it. With. <laughs> Just fucking weights. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, like, if that's if that's what you really enjoy too, I mean, it's definitely hard to get away from that and still, yeah, we talked about it before, you know, still have yeah. the same the same enjoyment. You know, for me, working out is working out, but I do enjoy you know working with weights a lot more than anything else. I it just you know that's my thing, right? Right. But, yeah. But um. But yeah, man, that's <laughs> that's all I had for the for the comments and questions. I'll check real quick right now and see if we got any more, but otherwise we're still, I was going to say, we still got in a, uh, about an hour. So that was actually pretty good. Well, you know, I kind of like the direction that we're going because active man podcast can mean being active in travel and being active in various other aspects. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be gymnasium, you know, Yeah, and other things. So, yeah, I like yeah. I like being able to talk about different different avenues and the activities podcast. Yeah, man, Sometimes the activities, activities. active yeah. man and activities. Um, separate note: I'm gonna be buying a Glock to get into shooting handguns a little more. Hello, but I want a Glock, so yeah, probably gonna get a, probably gonna get a bow too. Yeah, now we're talking. Dude, let me Jedi you into the realm, my friend. We can, yeah, we can start yes. talking and then... Uh, Dude, we could document your journey as a beginner in archery. Right, right. And that's like... Progress. I think it'd be ah. really good content. I think yes, be- yes. Dude, I would love mu- nothing more than to usher you into yeah. the realm of badassery that archery will bring you and it's true like i've never had like for fishing my grandfather on my mom's side was my mentor my dad you know my dad he's not really an outdoors guy so i never had a mentor to hunt so i didn't hunt you know i i didn't have a mentor to like really um not that i not that my my dad was a bad mentor it's just that he wasn't it wasn't it wasn't into it yeah. It was sports. It was always, it was always very much sports or like travel related. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having you usher me in would be a wonderful thing. It would be fantastic. And like you, my upbringing was very similar too. Cause I didn't have, you know, my, my dad was in a hunter. I didn't have anybody in my family and, friends that did, but most of my friends were gun hunters. You know, it wasn't like they were, I didn't really get into archery until my, my, after I married my wife and it was more time with my age. Yeah. Right around, right around 30 is 30 is, was actually my first year. And it it was my brother-in-law that kind of got me going and he, you know, helped me kind of get started. I, I, I did, like he definitely got me going. And then that led me into watching a lot of John Dudley's stuff and learning, you know, from him, from his YouTube page, he's got a lot of great information. And that's definitely something that I would, I would tell you to kind of start, you know, getting into just to learn, you know, it's from basics to, you know, completely setting up your bow. Um, 
it's, he is a wealth of information and is awesome about how he teaches everything too. And he was a big influence in, in, uh, my archery and, and where I am now. I'm obviously not like a professional or anything like that, but I feel at this point, like I have a pretty good handle on, on everything. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to be the guy who comes in that got help to be able to provide the same thing for, you know, right. somebody else that's coming in too. So teach a man to fish, teach him. He'll teach catch him. fish then. Hopefully. <laughs> we shoot stuff with an arrow, right? Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. And I got incredibly lucky my first time. So hopefully you'll have the same, the same good luck that I did. That's right. And hopefully not follow it up with multiple years of dry. Um, yeah. What a multiple years. <laughs> Started off hot, thought it was easy, and then realized uh wait shit. This is actually is easy. Hard. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy exactly. how that's like such a curve with like <laughs> Yeah, it's like, a, oh yeah, I just started, you know, trading stocks. It's like, oh, did, 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 just made did. just made a couple grand, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, wait, this isn't actually easy. It's funny, it's, uh. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm excited for you, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll definitely I'll help you out. We'll 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 talk more. Excellent. Um, when is the? I mean, is the bow purchase thing going to be a relatively soon thing? Honestly, it could be any time, really. Um, well, uh, listen, let's make that a goal for this weekend. Go buy one. <laughs> you need you need to find out what you're... I'll look. I'll, I'll start sending you... I'm, I have to do like... So with me, even if I'm buying a snowboard, something I've done yeah. basically in my life, I'm doing like two weeks of research. Do, do this. So, Step number one, you need to find a good archery shop locally. Right. And when you do, you go in, you I know, let them know 60 miles west, <laughs> let them know that, you know, you're just starting out and most places are going to have somebody that can kind of help you a little bit get going. But once you find a good shop, then you can kind of go in and try some of the stuff that they have to really figure out like what's going to be a good fit for you and uh, what bow you like. I started out with a used one that was crap uh, my first year because I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. Um, but then after that, I went to a, a good reputable shop and uh, one of the guys worked with me for a little bit. Um, let me shoot a couple different brands. We figured out, you know, what my draw length was, what kind of poundage I wanted to shoot. Um, and he at least gave me a good starting point, you know, to go from there. And then I just built off of that. Right. You know? right. So yeah, find, finding a good shop is definitely going to be uh, number one. And then, All right. then we will continue. All right. So that is, that is your first goal. Good shop. Good shop. We're going to do it. This was a good We're talk. I, I feel good about this. You got me really, yeah. you got me really excited. I, I'm, I'm very excited. Actually really cool thing. So, my girlfriend Megan loves to decorate. Oh no! Right, the place with. So I don't know where it is, but yeah, got it. We got this. 
primitive arrow. Oh, nice. From North Carolina. Custom, like, made from, like, a little bit of bamboo. Looks like some, like, red-tailed hawk feathers. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And, like, a cool, uh, looks like a... Uh, like rhyolite sometimes some sort of sedimentary rock that is um, awesome and yeah we have a we have a, like a little old school bow back there that we're gonna hang up and i think that's like where i was like looking at it and then i think jocko willing posted something about a bow and i was like yeah Instagram is listening to me. And <laughs> <laughs> Dud- Dudley got him uh, into archery. Yeah, and that's and that and then he went on Rogan, and then they were talking about how John Dudley got him into it. And I was like, "Yep, wow. same with Joe, man." Yeah, dude, it. You gotta start listening. Well, I'm sure you probably listened to you've listened to Joe's podcast with Cam Haynes yeah. and stuff too. Like, and I follow Cam on Instagram, yeah. dude. Those guys are so freaking inspirational. But but Dudley is like one of the, the him and cam have been two of the biggest like archery pioneers as far as like getting other people like excited about it you know involved um man that's freaking awesome and then when they get other guys like jocko and some of these other you know well-known i'll call them celebrities you know what you know, they get all those other guys involved. Think about the reach that they've had just in the last five years, getting oh, yeah. some of those guys involved. I mean, for the sport too. And I think for recreational fishermen and hunters, it's really important because that money and nobody talks about, other than really Steve Ranella, who really yeah. does his job. And yeah. I think there needs to be more people that talk about it. Like that money goes back into conservation. Exactly. That money yep. goes back into preserving lands. Um, the impact that those guys have had is well beyond, you know, what you would even uh, imagine with the va- and the value of uh, dollars in terms of like, we always think about economics dollars of how much a stock is worth, how much a company is worth and their shareholder price or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, you don't think about the value of like a high quality trout stream that generates how many, how, how many millions of dollars a year just from fishermen going Yeah, like, the stuff that they spend for the, not even just, not even the tag or the, the permit or the license, but everything else that's involved in that. Go into REI or go into your Bass Pro Shops or something like that. That's an entire economy that doesn't get talked about. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the spread and the reach that those guys have, have made right. with all these connections has. Right. But not only, not only like for personal achievement for like people who want to get more active but literally like they're helping an industry yeah it's really cool it's really really i wish there was a way to figure out what that equates you know what their reach has gained and what that equates to in like dollars back into conservation yeah i think that'd be i don't know how how you'd be able to figure it out but i'm sure there's some sort of number genie that would be able to slap that together and be like somebody who's really good at stats (laughs) we need we need the guys uh from baseball to switch over yeah we need money ball but for yeah i was gonna say yeah money ball for for outdoor conservation 
and, and real. get get us get us some statistics, man. Because then you know you tell you start talking about that, and like there's no argument on either side of the aisle. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Like it doesn't matter what political ideology you have. It's economically beneficial. It's environmentally beneficial. It's it's uh it's like uh I don't know vanilla chocolate twist. Indeed, indeed. Best. Best of both worlds. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. Well, this, we, this was a fantastic uh, non-planned uh, dialogue. I think we can do this more often. The, the, just wing it, dude. Just, well, well, now we got your – the archery thing with you is going to be an easy thing to talk about. And yeah, we'll start talking about so. it. We just got to make sure we don't roll off into the riff into the same thing each, each podcast. True. True. We'll, we'll mix, we'll mix it up a little bit. We'll get some more fitness stuff in there too. And yeah, make sure we make sure we keep it semi uh, evolving with other things as well. Right. And, right. And not get stuck in the same rabbit hole. Right. We could talk maybe next, maybe next week we can talk about some of this uh, time of the Rona nutrition. Indeed. Because I, we talked about it before the podcast. I've never been eating better. Really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely, it's done some good for some people and it has sent some other people like way off into the deep end uh, <laughs> on the other end. Like I've, I know you know, people are talking about the Corona uh, 15 and other people, oh, yeah. you know, that, that'd be a whole episode. No, you, that reminds me, I saw your Insta story the other day where you, you called yourself out. <laughs> I did. I did. Do you feel like you kind of let it off? Like you, you, you just couldn't, you couldn't fight it off or what? No. Uh, what happened? Well, you know, I easily could have been super strict, uh, but I, I tweaked my neck and uh, couldn't work out or do anything for about a month, man, neck. That's the first time that I've had like really bad neck issues. I almost thought that I had, had, uh, um, you know, had some disc issues, but it, obviously I just had pulled a muscle that was pretty bad, but couldn't sleep, couldn't do anything. You know, it was just, it was all like spasmed and, and a lot of tension. And in the beginning I was like, I don't really drink that much, but you know, I'll have a drink or two at night to see if that helps relax me. And and I, I hate to say it, but it did help a little bit. I'm not talking like getting hammered or anything like that, but I mean, oh, you know, I, mean, I know what you mean a drink or two every night, you know, for somebody that doesn't drink regularly anymore, you know, th- those calories add up. And then with that usually comes some poor choices with eating. And, um, cause then you're like, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a little bit of whiskey or something like that. And then it's like, damn, man, that whiskey was good, but I could have a little bit of cereal right before I go to bed. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't mix in the cereal but i know you're a ct crunch guy so you probably- uh, yeah 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 here and there here and there <laughs> uh, whiskey and- i i would i you know kind of just grab whatever like the kids have some stuff in the closet not oh, that's the terrible but do like, some yeah, of their i'll have a little bit of z paints lunchable yeah they're they're crackers and like their little muffin things that they have and stuff i'd grab a bag and snack on one of those and stuff but yeah, it was a bad little, uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard not to get like, it was almost like depressing. It's hard not to get depressed when you're injured and, and you definitely have to fight through it. And sometimes you're, you're going to go through like a little rough patch like that. I mean, we're human. 
I, um, I, think I am certainly not perfect and will never claim to be perfect. So yeah. usually when I screw up like that, I, I will outright say it. Um, right. And I think too, with like, you know, my clients, I mean, it's nice for them to know that, you know, we make the same mistakes that they do, you know, right. Right. Uh, this could, this would lead into a whole other podcast. Uh, <laughs> Let's save that. That's, this is, next week is a good topic. We, we yeah. can talk about that. Like tra- trainers are people too. <laughs> and yeah, we, and honestly, <laughs> nobody, nobody made it out of the quarantine in better shape. Yeah, nobody. I, yeah, I my in the beginning before I got hurt, my goal was to get my running mileage back up to where it used to be because it was a perfect time. I had the time to do it. Right. You know, nothing was holding me back, and then I freaking screwed up my neck. But. It is what it is. We move on and we pick up where uh, pick up where we're at right now, and yeah. gotta get back on the horse or the donkey. That's right, brother. So all right, all right, man. Well, good chit chat. Good job. Good I will high five you from afar. Actually, yes, yes. That took us back to baseball when we used to do those high fives, but not not connect. <laughs> That's what the MLB is supposed to be doing. Do you hear yeah. About- we can talk I, about that too. Actually, yeah. yes, I would Let's, like to talk about that. I'm gonna write that down. MLB returning, or maybe not returning, or maybe not. Yeah. Anything else that pops up though, jot it down. We'll yeah, we'll hammer sure. that stuff next time. But all right, man, we'll sign off. Another good evening. You have yourself a good rest of your week, my friend. All right. You too, sir. You too. I believe uh, I think I'm going to take the night off from, from lifting. I'm just going to get in a hundred kettlebell swings and a hundred pushups. And I dig it. I dig it. All right, sir. We'll talk to us later. See ya. Peace. <laughs>